I was very happy to be a part of the last call at the Oasis. I was honored, really, and thrilled. Uh, my schedule was very busy, but um, I was, I'm glad. And I think it's a great documentary. It's a great film. I've learned a lot myself. And uh, it's kind of being a part of what I do on another side, though. And uh, I like that side. So I'm delighted I was asked. Uh, in 12 years, my, my work has evolved. Uh, and <clears throat> 12 years ago, I never imagined I'd be in this place today. 12 years ago, I never thought of my wildest dreams that there would be thousands upon thousands of Hinkley Californias dotted across the U.S. and throughout America, the globe. 12 years ago, I, I never thought I'd be involved in a water documentary. I, I've involved um, greatly in that time. Uh, in my field and in my, my work, I, I think I've been able to better define who I am and define what I want to do. And um, I continue following that passion, and that is um, public health and welfare. And public health and welfare is directly linked to the environment, which is directly linked to clean water, which I feel like I've come full circle again. I would like people to come see the film that are between the ages of 12 and 18, our youth, that next generation. But there's a time in a teenager's life where they make different choices and take different paths. I've raised three. I can see what they do. Right around 12 to about 18, I would like them to come in and see this film because I think that they will take something away. Um, they will have learned something. They might be intrigued. They'll be a little more informed, even though they don't want to admit it, but they might be inspired. And if it can filter somewhere into their brain, I think it will trickle forward for them in the future. Right. 6th through 12th grade. Well, I hope that after people see Last Call at the Oasis, they're inspired by the film because they're able to see other people who couldn't possibly get along getting along for the sake of a common goal. And I think that's always inspirational. I, I think they may walk away remembering a couple of funny scenes, and that's always inspirational. I think they'll walk away shedding a tear, which always inspires us or moves us to take action. I think that there's quite a few aspects of the film it was done well that um, will relate to all walks of people. And, and that's the most important thing. I, I do think that they'll walk away with something. Well, that is the beauty of Last Call at the Oasis. It's not like it gives you um, a way to connect the dots. It's not at the end of the film it's going to give you A, B, C, and D options that you can do. It plays itself out in the film through watching Lynn Henning, through watching my work, through watching the people um, in Midland, Texas, to watching the people marching in Carson City against Shell. See, they took on their own cause and they became empowered and learned to be their own hero. And the film very carefully shows you that but never says it. So when you walk away, you have that feeling that I can do this too. And when we realize that we can, we become empowered. And that's where you've learned to be your own hero. And Last Call at the Oasis has done a good job at subtly letting people know Superman's not coming. It's time for you to be your own hero. It's a good question what inspires me every day. I've talked about this, and I try to teach it to my groups that I work with. 
that logic, leverage, loyalty. But I ask my groups, and I ask myself every single day. I really do, because I'm a human being. I'm like everybody else. It's a grind. Life's overwhelming. Some days I wake up and I don't want to do this, and I ask myself why. And I stop and I think about if I had nothing, what would my motivation be? Well, it's the same thing, having something and not having something, and my motivation is born of love. And that's true for every single one of us. And we just don't think about it. My son went to war for his love of country. But it's important to remember that what's keeping all of us going every day is born from something that's as overlooked as water. And it's a place of love. And that's why we do what we do. We really do care about our health and our family. And we, we care about our jobs. And we care that, that we have our homes. And I'm motivated to protect and defend the environment every single day because we forget we are the environment and everything everything that sustains us as a global society comes from the environment. The biggest misconception about water is we take it for granted. We take it for granted that we turn on the tap and there will be water. We take it for granted that we turn on the tap and it will be clean water. We take it for granted that we're not on well water, that some 40 million Americans are, that has fallen off the system that is contaminated. We take it for granted that the earth beneath us that we know really very little about that, that you take for granted may run dry. We just take things for granted um, and we can't anymore and, and water is water's going to become a commodity and water shouldn't be a commodity. Water is a human right but it's also a gift and I think it's something that is up to each and every one of us to make it our business to understand our water how much we have, how much we don't have, how much is polluted, because the film says it beautifully. A world without water is a world without us. Well, I don't think after you see the film, the first thing that you should do is go home and turn on your tap and worry. What I hope the first thing people do is become A, more aware, and B, more observant. And it, it's, it shocks me sometimes how observant people really are. Um, when you turn on your tap, if you notice a different odor, if you notice a different color, if you notice particulate matter in sitting at the bottom of your glass that you didn't notice before, just don't take it for granted that it's nothing. Make a phone call. You can make a phone call to your local municipality, and actually, more often than not, they'll really work with you. Um, somebody may come out and test, and somebody may be able to go over a test result. You should be getting those test results in your water bill. So when you go home, don't turn on your tap and be afraid. Maybe open up your bill. Read what's in your water. Read what is maybe a problem. Read what you could do to be more protective of your water. That's the first step. It isn't about being frightened. Well, I get a lot of emails a month. And they can average from, I don't know, if, if it's a slow month to 2,700 to if there's something in the news or a big story breaking or something that is environmental that relates to people, it can be up to 60,000. Um, 30,000 of those could be confirmed inquiries. You know, a thousand of them could be from people who actually live in a community that's affected. Uh, they come from different countries and territories. They're not all about 
environmental, they're about pharmaceutical, they're about personal injury, they're about fan mail, they're about I need inspiration, I need words of wisdom, they're about a bad drug. I mean, it's a whole host of things. And so during the day, I will categorize the information that comes in. My first one is um, to identify the environmental ones and the ones that are reporting a disease or a contamination so I can get them on the map so we can begin to you know categorize them so we can look at where they're at if there's information already available so we can begin a process of looking at what's happening and getting people some answers so that is what I would do in a typical day just answering emails and it can be very overwhelming and uh, I do have people helping me